G'day everyone, welcome to Mark and Car's Porsche Talk, the podcast where we talk all things Porsche. If you love air-cooled, border-cooled, rear-engine, front-engine, or even mid-engine, there'll be something here for you. But most importantly, we're going to talk to the people who are passionate about our favourite brand. I'm your host, Mark, from the YouTube channel Mark and Cars. Thank you for taking the time to support this channel, watch it, listen to it. Feel free to share any input, suggestions, and ideas through comments, reviews, or even boring old email. You'll find me on most social media platforms as Mark and Cars. Today, we've got a special guest, Andy from Last Rasp. Thanks for coming today, Andy. Uh, pleasure, Mark. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, early for you, I know. In fact, I was whinging that it was early for me, but uh, <laughs> no, you've, uh, you've you've gone above and beyond. Yeah, I'm in that sort of like uh, what could be considered a sweet spot of time zones here in Perth, Western Australia, where we're 12 hours difference from the uh, east coast of um, the U- sorry, the west coast of USA and about eight hours difference from Europe. So when I talk to people, it actually works out quite good if I'm willing to get out of bed early. Yeah. And, uh, that's look, in all reality, I know you're over there in Melbourne, Victoria, and it's only a couple of hours out. So 6 a.m., I don't reckon that's too bad. Like, I'm no, sure you've been no. up that early to go on some nice drives. Uh, no, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much every Sunday, to be fair. Yeah, okay, good one. So um, for the six people who are unaware of your relationship with the Porsche brand, tell us what do you do, your social media, driving cars you own. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so I run the YouTube channel Last Rasp, uh, which I launched in July last year, uh, Instagram channel of the same name. Um, and I, my focus really is on trying to demonstrate the, I guess, the lifestyle of driving these cars rather than showing these cars, if that makes sense. You know, yeah, right. the, thing, the thing that really blew me away, um, I have, I've got two 911s. I'm incredibly lucky. Um when I bought my 964, which was my first back in 2017, the thing that really blew me away was the relationships that that car um, was able to help create for me. And I'd had an expectation, as as many people would, that walking into the Porsche community was just going to be a lot of people having pissing contests about how much money they earn and and you know just have a, a I guess the the stereotypical Porsche owner. Um, but in fact, you know, I've met people who are just the complete opposite and who really love, they drive their cars every weekend and use them for their intended purpose. And I've, I've, I've got these great mates now out of it. So um, the idea with the channel was to kind of show that part of the Porsche ownership space of, of driving these cars, having a laugh about them and that they're all great in their own way, whether they're the most modern GT3 or a, you know, an old boxer that's ha- having the wheels driven off it day in, day out. They're all great cars. So I, I try and try and show that. Um, I've got I've got a 964, uh, 1990 C4 manual coupe. Uh, the 964 I know was the unloved 911 for a while. Thankfully, then the 996 came along and took that mantle. Um, <laughs> just go easy on the 996. I know I've got a lot of 996 listeners and yeah, so. yeah, right. well, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll stop myself right there because yeah. I... I give my my 996 pals um, a bit of grief from time to time, but I just love those cars. And and you know, I did a I did a test drive on my channel a couple of weeks ago with my friends, a Tiptronic no less, and sure. still still one of the most fun cars I've ever driven. And I think they look a million bucks too. So no, no, I'm I'm a fan. I'm on board. Um, <laughs> but I always loved the 964. That was for me the car that was when I started really becoming an enthusiast around the brand, that was sure. the current model. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I've, I've always wanted one and, and and then really started to see that LA um, air-cooled scene start to blow up and some of the modifications the guys were doing over there. That that sort of inspired me. And then last year I picked up a 991 C2S um, PDK, which is a, a mega thing, um, just incredibly capable, incredibly quick. Um and yeah, just just an amazing car. So so yeah, I'm uh, I'm sort of up to my neck in enthusiasm around the brand. Sounds like it. It's interesting and, and that you mentioned that um, the nine six four was a current model when you're, I guess your eyes were open to the brand, or you realised that hang on, these things aren't too bad. There's not only dentists that own them, and the um, that's uh, some time considering you got that. You just mentioned in 2017. That's what 28 years to that path of ownership is a long time. Well, so I what did have, it, yeah, in my, look, in my 
early 20s, I bought a 76 Targa. Yeah, um, okay. and, and and that was my daily. It was my only car. Yeah, good one. Um, and it was one of those things back then. I think I bought that car for 23 grand. Um, and it was that thing of, of, of at the time thinking, I can afford to buy this car. I can't believe it. Truth was, I couldn't afford to own it. Yeah, um, sure. Big difference. You know, yeah, 100%. 100%. So I traded it at the local Subaru dealer for a brand new base model Subaru Forester. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Well, anyway, thanks for being on the show today, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I just lost. Uh, I'm watching my subscriber count. Yeah, uh, just watching that number yeah. go down as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> no, one of, one of the one of the few big regrets of my life, Mark. Now, Maya, more importantly, the question that's we're all wondering: what they give you a trade on it? Uh, about what I paid, actually. So, oh, okay, least, so yeah, no, not too bad. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> and <laughs> did you say twenty three thousand before? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon yeah. with that 2.7 magnesium case engine in that car, if I recall around that era, yeah, That's that true. would have been about the annual servicing on it back then, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably, probably. As, they, as those head studs <laughs> came out. Well, and, and hence why I wanted to get rid of it. Um, yeah, I was enough. so I was scared of the car, but I loved yeah, it. Okay. So, yeah, sure. so the journey um, then, you know, takes a turn and family and career and other stuff. Yeah, um, sure. And, and then children? it was yeah, I got two. So my my son's thirteen and uh, my daughter's sixteen. So okay, sure. Growing up quick. Too big to fit in the back of a nine uh, eleven. Then oh no, I'll squeeze. I squeeze them in. Look, they both love no, them. Believe me, um, they're too big to fit in the back of a nine eleven. Okay, they might. <laughs> you might think otherwise, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dad's not taking us out in that again, is he? <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know what's funny? Because that's the other thing I should say, and I don't know if this has been your experience, but. For me, I thought that buying when I got the 964, I thought it was the most selfish thing I could buy, that it was entirely for me. Sure. And um, in some respects, I almost had, I felt a certain level of guilt. Okay. I was able to overcome that guilt, don't worry. But, yes. um, but I did. And, and But honestly, it's been this great thing for my family where my son will come on drives with me in the mornings. My, um, my wife and I, we go to the hills Every weekend for breakfast, we've discovered areas around where we live great. in that car because the car's been the enabler. Yeah, um, sure. So it is, it is been a great thing. It's been a great yeah, fantastic. Thing. Yep. No, yep. That's, no, yeah, yeah, it's great here. Look, I've had similar experiences. Whilst my uh, wife is not a Porsche fan or really even an automotive fan, she does love the classic lines and look of our 356, you know. Yeah. So, and, you know, there is a little bit of um, – you know, I think excitement, appreciation for the car, knowing that everywhere you pull up, even at traffic lights, out come phones, you know, so she yeah. feels like a, you know, D-list celebrity. And the, you know, it's just, it's just one of those, look, like if you want, the, the best thing about having a car like we've got really is no one actually ever looks at who's in it. No. Nah. They're only looking at the car itself, you know, so you do actually fly under the radar personally because, no one's interested in who's behind the wheel or who's in the passenger seat. It's all about, my goodness, look at that car, you know, more than anything else. And we found particularly with the earlier cars, these, there's just an appreciation for the fact that somebody's got one on the road as yes. opposed, because they're so rare as opposed to, um, you know, it's just another high-performance sports car yep. of a generic brand who are all moulding into a similar shape. You know, so that's yeah. that that in itself's been, you know, is very noticeable amongst enthusiasts and stuff when we're out there on the road, you know. I was about to ask you about that because I've noticed um since getting the nine nine one, which is a black nine nine one, so it's you know, that car flies under the radar as as you say. Um I see and I've you know, I've driven a lot of lot of friends' Porsches and the different experience that you have in those cars in the way that people respond to them. I think is proportionate to the age of the car. So, sure. for example, the the 991, kids will look at it and give me a thumbs up and seem impressed, yep. whereas, yep. you know, I've had people hurl abuse at me in that car, um, you know, and it, and it doesn't sure. help that, that there, there was some knucklehead in a black 991 doing silly things on the freeway here some time ago. Um, so, yeah. It's not actually I've that car, that. is it? Hey. It's not actually that car, is no. it? No. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, so, you know, I've had that experience. The 964 is somewhere in the middle where most mm -hmm. of the response and reaction I get to that car is super positive. Yep. Occasionally I'll get someone have a crack at me in it, but for the most part people 
kind of lose their minds over it. But then when I drove my friend's orange uh, 71 Targa, people just everywhere just went nuts for that car. So I imagine for you and your 356 that you must be more at that end of the spectrum Definitely. where you don't get the negative, yep. it's all positive. Yep. Yeah, well, look, you can't fill the car up. Yeah. At a service. Like I, if I'm filling that car up at a service station, it's going to be at like 11 o'clock at night or, uh, you know, <laughs> five in the morning. Just and, and look, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that other people appreciate the car and things like that. But it's, yes. you know, it, it's, it's a challenge on some of those fronts. Look, the car gets a lot of respect on the road when you're driving it as well. People give you a bit of space and bit, bit is, bit you know, wave you through and things like this. So it's, it is, yeah, definitely. It's a great tool for meeting people and things like that. And, you know, I and I completely understand um, why people go to more powerful sports cars and things like that. And I, I will very likely own a 911 at some point in the future. And But the driving a car of, you know, 60-odd horsepower that weighs only 800 kilos, yeah. you know, or, you know, 920 with me and my wife in it, the, um, it's, it's <laughs> just a fun car to drive and yeah, yeah. you're you're at your ragged edge and you look at the speed, you go, oh, yeah, okay, 70 mile an hour, that's good, I'm not going to jail. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And that, that has a lot of appeal to me. Sure, on the, on, you know, if you go on runs with other modern Porsches, they wait for you 10 minutes later wherever the destination yeah, is. And you know what? I'm smiling as much as they are, except, yeah. oh, you know what? I've got to drive 10 minutes longer. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah, 100%. so oh, I, that, I, that aspect of the driving part of it, I, I, I love the older cars, you know. I, look, I'll be straight up with you. I, I love driving old Beetles too because yeah. they give me a similar sort of reward yeah. for energy. And it's, it'd be no yeah. different to you going to – you know, getting back into, I don't know, say a Mark II Escort, which I'm sure you drove at some point in your youth or a early Corolla or rear-wheel drive Corolla or something. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. yeah, there you go. So I'm sure, you know, you, you would have wrung the neck out of that thing. No car yeah. would have bounced off its red line more than that, you know. So that whole experience of driving is fantastic, you know. It is, it is. And, and it's funny you say it because um, just last weekend I was out on a run with friends and drove the 991. I, I, I tend to reach for the keys for the 964. Um, and I just found I was traveling that much quicker because the car's insanely capable, insanely capable. And it does allow you to carry speed in a way that the old cars just don't. Sure. Yep. Um, and then plus you've got horsepower to overcome um, any deficiency and driving skills. Sure. Um, uh, but there's a point at which, <sighs> I just think the margins for error get so much slimmer in terms of you're still on a public road. And whilst the car's capable, um, it's not a controlled environment. There's there's sure. wildlife, there's other road users and, and all these other things that can happen. So Sometimes they're the same thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially here. Um, so I, I, I'm a bit the same as you. I mean, the 964 to me is this lovely little pocket where it's, yeah, good it's super capable. Mm-hmm. Um, and able to go quick, but but not in the way that my my, my 991 does. Yeah, um, if I drive the wheels off it, I'm still still going to jail. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it, it is that slightly slower car, fast, and it's this lovely little yeah, uh, sure. mm-hmm. sweet spot. For you, you, you said before that, you know, at some point you, you'll undoubtedly own a 911. Where does your, if you gaze to that horizon, what where does your mind wander? What What, what cars orbit around you? Look, if the right six numbers came up, okay, yeah. I'd be, I'd love to get a nine nine three. You know, a nice, you know, mildly modified nine nine three with, yep. I'll, I'll, and I'd like to own that that one that ever existed where the air conditioning works. Um, living here in Perth, and yeah, just be, it's that because I love the air cooled cars. I just like the. Yeah. The bang and rattle, you know, which it's not a term I know Porsche themselves would like me to use to describe the experience, but that is, you know, the experience I have when I'm in an air-cooled car compared to the water-cooled cars. Yep. And the dynamic, and I, I think they're pretty. So I that would be – and look, if I find the right 993, I still may stretch myself into it. Yep. I, I don't want to be in that position that you mentioned earlier with your – Targa, where sure I can get into the car, but the you know six seven thousand dollars it could potentially drop into my lap a year as 
you know, unmanageable. So I don't want to drive it and I don't want to be in that situation, you know. Yeah. So I'll, I'll see how things go on that front. I do know buying a more modern car gives me a much a significantly uh, more reliable and comfortable experience and in reality, more dailyable, you know. So, mm-hmm. and that appeals to me a bit as well. In my current job, it's not very suitable for me to drive a car that has a badge with yeah. the, yeah, 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 of, you know, yeah, that we have I as agree. Porsche. And, but, that aside, you know, I'm. I think I'm maturing past that point where I'm, you know, less concerned about what other people are thinking when I turn up to my workplace. You know, I'm getting towards that point in my life where if I haven't achieved that outcome by now, I've got I've got to focus quite a bit on what, you know, what my retirement happen? plan is going to be. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but that aside, I think yeah, I do. I'll, in reality, I'll probably end up with a nice three liter car. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And, yeah, I've just got yeah, and I love them. I love driving those three liter cars. Mm. I, I do like the reviness of the smaller capacity six cylinder boxes. Yep. That's yes. I do quite like that. But the you know the uh, that that experience of revving the cars that much to get the torque out of them with those earlier you know two point two two point sevens sometimes even you know even two liter cars, but they are also getting very expensive because yeah, of the right. uh, the nature of the car. And that is in 993 territory. Once you get into those cars, and I would yeah. buy 993 over those earlier cars. So yeah. that's where I'm at. The 964s, as you know yourself, are, you know, things are gold-plated. Thank you, Singer. And the they're just getting outside my capacity. Like I saw the exact type of 964 I would like for sale at Classic Throttle Shop last week for, I think it was for sale for like two days, and it was $200,000 motor car. That's the white one. Yeah, yeah. So it's come up a few times that car. Yeah, um, and um, so I'd, I'd say it's very likely for sale still. That's just a yeah, it just does that. drop on and off the market at around that price. And look, let's face it, that's going to be a record breaker if they do get them asking price. But mm. in today's market, you just never know. No, that's right, and it's the same with the uh, the orange one, the one with the orange wrap that keeps showing up. Yeah, I know uh, the one. It's like a matte finish. Yeah, is that yeah. an auto house? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny though, because I, to be honest, I think it's less about singer and more about um, more about YouTube and Instagram. Yeah, and, okay. Um, because because well, I suppose singer has given those people using those formats or forums a, some great product to use. It, it, I think what singer does is demonstrate um, the continued quality and and the ability of that chassis to be turned into an exceptional car. Um, But, you know, in terms of the numbers Singer are buying up and pumping out, they're not massive. Oh, no, Um, of course not. Like, you know, Chris Harris often talks in his podcast about how he's got uh, only another 16 years to wait for his. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, so I 100% understand. But, you know, I did also hear that they've got some 113 Cars with deposits yeah, they've got paid. Some lot. They've got some lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. that's right. But <clears throat> I think um I think where the 964 has come into its own a little bit is that that particular um interpretation of the, the original 911 silhouette with its smoothed bumpers and the like, I think it just takes visual modifications really, really well. Um it's fair. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a way that perhaps the G-body cars, for example, don't. Um, I think that because of those bumpers, I think they're the best-looking cars lowered. Agreed, 100%, 100%. So that whole LA kind of scene. Yeah, of drag your bum on the ground type thing. Look. Bagged and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not my thing, but. Um, that, bag, that bagging's not your bag? Not my bag. No, I'm not, yeah, okay. I'm not yeah. bagging it. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I get it, and 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 I get that whole stance thing. Um, but even when they're a lot lower, sitting on BBS like mine are, um, you know, it's just it's 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 a look that I think has become sure. desirable, and yeah, for whatever reason, I think it's just having its moment. Um, and, I, and I think Instagram and and you know even even guys like Drew at Nine Eleven Cooled has really I think shone the spotlight on 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 the nine six four, and he was probably sure. one of the first people to really um, his sort of Porsche based content around LA really, I think shone the light on that. And he got a lot of followers fast yes. and built a brand around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people wanted to drink from that Kool-Aid a little bit. So yeah, yeah, I, I put a little bit of it on, on, on Drew's shoulders too. Yeah, Respect sure. To him. 
Mm-hmm. And um, look, there was, I remember when they came out, you know, so yeah. sadly, you know, showing my age a bit here, but the, I did, I was fortunate enough in a previous uh, workplace to drive brand new ones when they right. were released. And wow. so, and I had, you know, done some work on the earlier ones as well, the last of the, you know, the G body cars and, as a driving dynamic, even getting out of a, you know, nice, say, 89 3.2 G50 G-body car yeah. into a 964, it was like getting into a spaceship is the only way to describe the difference. <laughs> you know, it's like it doesn't feel like that big a difference now when you get between. No, no, I was going to say. Think the most notable difference, and it's quite surprising, is the gear shifting, but considering it's the same gearbox, right, it's That's actually right. – it's – it is very noticeable that is like the, the position that you sit in the car is quite different. But other than that, to drive the two cars now, yeah, sure, the suspension is more forgiving in the 964. Yeah. Pre, I'm talking about stock cars here, not yeah, what, yeah, yeah. not how people have modified them with an inch of their life these days. But as a driving dynamic, it was just like getting into, you know, the term latest and greatest. It's like getting into a 991 after getting into a 964. That was the difference. Yeah. It felt like back then. It's amazing, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. But, I, um, I, I, I still remember rewarding. going into Hamilton's um, right across the road. We had Hamilton's and Dutton's right across the road from one another. Yep. And, and I used to do this recipe for financial disaster. Oh, man. Yeah, look, I was, I think, 20 or something at the time, and I'd go in there and just sit in these in these 964s. And like you say, it was the equivalent of walking into PCM now and, and mm-hmm. sitting my bum in a 992. Yep. Um, whereas it's funny because I think now of my car as this old Every time you start it up, it's an experience sort of a car. Um, but back then, you're like I say, latest and greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think our brand new nine six four owners were thinking, "Yep, come on, start, come on, start." Then turn the key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <they wouldn't. laughs> yeah. Which you know, and because I've got a, uh, I'm going through a bit of a thing at the moment where I'm reading uh, really old magazine articles, yeah, yeah. Porsche magazine yeah. articles from the fifties through to the seventies. Right. I was given a pile of them, you know, and yeah. from a uh, viewer actually on the channel and uh, in Queensland, he sent them over to me. And the reading the articles with what you know now yeah. compared to what they experienced, to what they experienced then, and even just even automotive journalism back then. It's fantastic reading. I actually think there would be a market for someone to put together a string of, say, 150, 200 articles into a coffee table book that is just air-cooled Porsche. There would, you know, because every other air-cooled Porsche coffee table book's already been done. And, oh. yeah, I think the, you know, you just as especially as an Australian product, because these are all Australian magazines, yeah. oh, it's a hoot, you know, so well, just the way they describe it. It's funny you say that because somewhere in the bookshelf back there, I've got a book that I bought back when I had my 76. Sure. Which is exactly that. It's a... Um, it's a compilation of all of the UK articles around the 2.7 okay. at mm-hmm. the time. And so yep. there's, and, and in fact, might even be a couple of US articles in there as well. Um, but I never forget it was the most, because this is, this is pre-internet, right? So yeah, yeah, sure. you, know, you think about how hard it was to get any sort of content around Porsche when, you know, back in the 90s, you just, you'd go to automotive bookshops and stuff like that. And I remember buying this book and being so disappointed because the, the cover picture had a red target similar to mine, yeah, but yeah. with a leather car bra on it. And I just remember thinking, that's really that's 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 the image we went with for the front cover of this book. <laughs> Who made that call? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was full of articles from the time. Yeah, yeah okay. And like you say, very different from now. Yeah, just the way they're written as well, you know. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like when when they refer to your wife as uh, the little lady at home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't cut it in my household. Just no, so you no, know, neither, yeah. neither. <laughs> now, if I could just uh, bring up your YouTube channel, I was yep. like, you know, we obviously have a common interest in YouTube and producing the product, and there's only so many Porsche content YouTubers in Australia, and we all pretty much are aware or know each other in some form or another yeah, and watch each other's videos here and there. And firstly, congratulations. The channel's a cracker. The, mm-hmm. You clearly got you, the last video you made had a fantastic edit. You did a great job there, but it looked like a lot of filming work too. 
that would have uh, disrupted your rally quite a bit with the get ahead, come behind, stick this on a car. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I, I know what it's like with regards to the logistics of working with people. It would have been yeah. like herding cats. Uh, it's funny. I, herding cats was a phrase I used on the rally, um, but less about filming. It's more about, you know, trying to organise us all to get uh, fuel and stuff like that. Sometimes sure. it's, mm-hmm. this is our meeting point and then other people move. But, um, you know, we're a bunch of blokes who are all in our own lives the masters of our own domain. So suddenly yeah, sure. you're on this kind of school camp situation where, <laughs> you know, you're being ferried around the place. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I can imagine. People are yeah. naturally going to mm-hmm. have their own view on where they want to land and get petrol or breakfast. But yep. um, but look, I, there, are, there are definitely times where I think I would just love to just be driving today. Sure. Um, and, and which is why I don't film most of the Sunday drives I do because I just want to leave the camera at home. Yeah, um, I, I 100% get it. Like the... <clears throat> the lugging the stuff around, getting everything pre-set up, all that sort of thing. And yeah. you know, it's just disrupting your experience. And now I get that you want to share that experience with other people so they yeah. can embrace it. But it's actually, I find it robs me of some experience. So I actually, I do a bit more, I don't do too much event filming anymore, purely, yeah. you know, driving filming anymore, just because I work six days a week. You know, I've got that seventh yeah. day is pretty special to me. And if I want to get behind the wheel of my car for a couple of hours, Yes. And also you want to, um, you know, you want to be able to pull when you, when you pull over and have a stop, have a chat with people and, um, and they're know, conscious of the cameras on. They, they, you don't talk the, the same. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I, I try and get kind of long lens and out of people's faces a little bit. And, yeah, and, sure. and because, but I suppose with the rally, the one thing for me is that, um, whilst there are times where I, I may get a little bit tired of saying, Hey guys, I'm just going to race ahead and set up. Um, the flip side is that I get then something at the end of it where I get to relive it. Yeah, and, yeah, I 100% accept that and agree, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's no different for me than it is for for the guys I do it with in that I, those rally videos I sort of cut I cut it for the for my for my friends basically. Mm-hmm. So I make it longer than I typically would. I'm usually about condensing my content. Sure. Um, but I make those ones longer because I know the guys just want an experience the same as I do, which is, can I somehow relive those three days? Can can something come close to bottling that for me? Um, and if I get anywhere near that with a video, then I, you know, I feel like I'm doing doing the job okay. Yeah, sure. And look, typically those with that intent, like I know myself, like the weekend just gone, we, my family and I, for during school holidays, we went down to. Um, a mountain range south of about 350 kilometres south of Perth called the Paronga Ups and we did some uh, bushwalking up a mountain, a couple yeah. of mountains and that sort of thing, right? And on one of the climbs that we did, it's about an hour and a half climb, whatever, I decided to take GoPro and to make a short film of yeah. our experience for the six people that would watch it and that's the three of us here at home and my wife's parents and her yeah. sister, really, that's about it. And it was a very satisfying film to make and edit. Yeah. And because it was just a passion project of a topic that is completely not what I normally film. And it was a real delight to actually produce that. And, you know, I, I, in fact, I, I haven't, I haven't even put it up on YouTube. It's on Instagram TV, yeah. that one only, because I know that's the format forum in which those people will watch it. And for me, yeah. it was a very enjoyable, satisfying outcome, you know. But that's not to say I do really enjoy creating the Porsche content and I, I hope this isn't coming across that I don't because the the actual um, dynamic and you know the channel has enabled me to meet more people who I'd never come across like this conversation we're having right now yeah, our yeah. world would would not would probably collide in another three to five years because yes. of travel restrictions and stuff yeah. as opposed to you know as often as they do yeah yeah no I agree um and and I kind of figure at the end of the day it's something we choose to do, and um, you know, if 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 on a drive, for example, if I'm not feeling it and I don't want to pull out the camera that much, then maybe I just do a bit more GoPro. And um, I mean, the, the challenge for me is I, I always put pressure on myself around the production values of it. So, sure. um, so if I don't get a if I don't shoot a, a huge reams of content, then I just condense it. Um, but yeah, it's for me, I know that you, you just talked about your family, right? And making that video for them. I think 
possibly one of the reasons that's so satisfying for you is that that audience, while small, is going to be the most engaged audience ever for that piece of content. You're and right. so um, for me, the rally videos are exactly the same. I know that if only 18 people watch them, i.e. the people who did the rally, sure. I know they're going to watch them a few times and I know it's going to deliver a, a, an experience yep. for them that yep. ho- hopefully they really enjoy. How do how you know you know yourself from doing this for last for the last little while with the um the channel? How how do these other channels get like hundreds of thousands and millions of views? I just I'm baffled. Like you know, <laughs> I give up how the whole thing works. I don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't do it for the views because you know it's not my income stream or anything like that. I don't have that urgency or desperation to make the channel bigger than what it is its growth yeah. is nice and i you know i 100 percent appreciate the fact that up to you know several thousand people might watch a video i've done if if only for the first few minutes because they realize that what i'm doing is not exactly for them but they've gone to the trouble of clicking on my video to watch some of it you know I, i'm baffled how some of these channels get that volume of visibility you know yeah it's funny look i think I think having only started my channel in July, there was a part of me that thought, have I missed the boat here? You know, is it just too late to start a YouTube channel? Um, you know, when you look at people like Peter McKinnon with 5 million plus subscribers, you go far out. That's that's sort of where the benchmarks are. But then I kind of figured, well, I'm really doing it to so I can learn some production skills and, and, and push myself in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You think about people like Cars with Luke, for example. Um, you know, he gets, he's got massive numbers. Um, same with Seen Through Glass, those sort of guys. I think partly their channels are less niche. Um, and, and for Cars with Luke, for example, his content's beautiful. Um, the locations are stunning. He's got a great style. Um, and he features cars that are incredible, but across all of the brands. Sure. Um, and, and, and yeah, I look, I don't know. I, I think there's so many things that come into play. I think volume is a big thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I struggle with that because I don't put out that much content. Um, just, just because my style is one where, you know, I, it, it just takes time um, to produce to the quality that I want to produce to. And I want to yep, learn something yep. every time yep, I do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I know that I could pump out, a lot more content if I simplified it, um, yep. and, and which I totally oh, that, that's evident. That's evident by you know vloggers. You can see they're punching out something most days, and you yeah. know their their edit is a fifteen minute edit. Whereas, you know, right, I've, I've, I've no I've no doubt your last video would have been a twelve to sixteen hour edit just by watching what you've done. You know, yeah, but it no, was I, long. I know. But see, you know, Matt Farah talk, I've heard him talk about it, that, you know, he worked out that it was, he would get this higher number of views by just putting two GoPros in the car, one on him and one on the windscreen and and no editing. And, yes. and Sam, I, I heard an interview with. Um, He's all one take concept. Yeah, 100%. And and Shmi was the same. He said, you know, he, he went through a period of trying to overproduce his videos and thought, he wasn't getting the view numbers that 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 sort of represented the quality and the effort that went into it. So he figured, I'm better off. Hello, <laughs> who's this? This is Pearl. Hey Pearl, how are you going? Hey, she can't hear you. You're on, uh, you're on, I've got headphones. Are oh, you good? <laughs> oh, you need through here, can you? Okay. How are you, Pearl? You good? Good. Good. Have you had breakfast yet? No, me Mum's either. Gone, Mum's gone out for a walk. Yeah, I haven't either. You haven't had it either. <laughs> no. This is this I had is coffee in bed. He's, in, coffee. he's in Melbourne. He's mum now. I can hear her coming back from a walk. Can you close <laughs> that door, please? <laughs> she's just, she's just come in, right? So oh, listen, this is not good uh podcasting, everyone, but just I'm doing this uh purely out of selfish reasons. She's written me a note. She slipped it under the door thing I was gonna read. I was read it too. It says, Dad. Can Dougie, that's our sausage dog, and I please watch TV? <laughs> that's got to be a yes, right? I mean, all the effort. School holidays, look, we try to limit. I know that she's going to want to watch TV this afternoon, so she would watch it 24 hours. I'm sure your kids yeah. are the same at that age, you know. Of course, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, yeah it's, yeah, it's a good fun. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know how YouTube works. YouTube, uh, you know, it rewards you when you upload. It punishes you when you don't. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it's anyway, it's pretty interesting. So um, let's just go back to cars. Do you maintain your own cars? Uh, A little bit. Um, With the 991, no. Yeah. Um, you don't I've have done, the, right, done some, the right laptop. Yep. Sure. No, exactly. Um, yep. I've done. I've done little basic things to that, um, and certainly visually, I do. I'm, I'm, yep. Sure. You know, give me a, give me microfiber towels, twenty-seven buckets, and all the rest of it, and, <laughs> and my cars are about the cleanest yep. going yeah, around. Yeah, but, good, good plug channel sponsor Bowden's own here. There you go. There you go. I, I do use some of their products, and yeah, I'm I'm nuts about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, with the nine six four, I do some some of the work myself. Um, sure. Yeah, I just changed pads last week. That's that's no issue. But mm-hmm. um, at the moment, it's it's in a little phase of trying to chase down some problems. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've got that list. Yeah, and 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 that I've got, you know, I've got I've got a great uh, local um, independent shop that I go to, Nine Auto. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, nice. And I've got a great relationship with them with Stu. And I think I don't I don't know what your experience is, Mark. Um, but you know, for those jobs that sit outside your skill set, for me, it's about developing the relationship with a with a mechanic. Where it's like any relationship, you you know that for the most part it'll be good. They won't always nail everything, um, but that's because these cars are tricky, and you can't just plug the laptop in and and get the sure. diagnosis. Yeah, um, yeah. But they've been fantastic, and 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 they love my car, and I know they love my car. So yeah, so yeah. Um, they 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 do most of the work. How, yeah, how about you? What's what's your yeah, um, look? Yeah, I'm I'm very I'm quite hands on, right? But it's more a case of my ability, my time that I have up my sleeve as opposed to my skill set. Uh, right. I've I've got a couple of really good independent Porsche mechanics here in Perth that I use. Actually, three I've used across various times, depending. I know where they're strong, you know. So, yeah. for example. Um, I've actually got one that's only one kilometre away from my house here, right. um, Andy at Rensport, and he's a great guy. He's you know, been a member of the Porsche Club for over 30 years. He's a, uh, He might have been one of the founding members of memory. Right. He's, he's, um, he worked for Porsche for you know, a good 15 to 20 years before he went off on his own. And he's you know, great, but he's just a one-man operation. He's up to his back axles. With, he's booked out two to three months in advance. So, yeah. you know, and I did a... I had my engine rebuilt in my car about 18 months ago. Yeah. And he said, look, it's that's my that's in my wheelhouse, but I'm just not going to be able to deliver it in a timeline that's going to be acceptable to you because of all the other work I've got. And I need these other jobs to keep my cash flow going. And yeah. so he's he was very good and honest about it, you know. And um, so I went and spoke to another um another member of the club who is a racing specialist and an engine rebuild specialist. And he'd done three other three, five, six motors in that 12 months. And, you know, it's a small town, Perth. I know who's got every three, yeah. five, six in this town, yeah, yeah, as you yeah. can imagine. Right. So taking that into consideration, you know, he, he was the guy and, you know, and he was happy to do it the way I wanted to do it. And that was a big thing for me as well, yeah. which was I spent really silly, probably two up to two, maybe three years accumulating the parts for the upcoming rebuild. So when right. when things came up, like I didn't want to just go and pay retail for everything. Yeah, and it's not so. it's not because I'm tight, it's just because it's expensive. And I did yeah, it all at once. It'd be an expensive project, you know. So, you know, I came across a guy who had a 912 in the UK who gave up on a project and he had a box full of stuff and 912 engine is very similar to a 356 engine. Right, so I Cheap set of crank, uh, cheap, um, you know, um, uh, crank for the car. I got yeah. a set of Conrods from a guy in America who never opened them out of the box, and because they sat on his shelf for six years, and just yeah, things yeah. like that. You know, that stuff pops up. I found a pair of nine twelve heads in Melbourne. Right. You know, you know, on some that were brand new, never been used. Yeah. You know, so, so they were you know new old stock that someone yeah. had bought from when Hamilton's closed up, and you Amazing. know. Yeah, so it's just things like that. I just kept my eyes open, and as things popped up, I bought them. And as a result, I probably really see I probably saved myself about ten grand in the process of having the engine rebuilt. Do you go through a process as you're considering that rebuild of what's the research project process like around? Um, you know, with with a car like my nine six four, there are so many different ways you can go, and whether you punch sure. it out to three eight or, or yeah, 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 Motec, all this stuff. Um, is it a more clearly defined path with yeah, something like, like a three fifty six? Yeah, your range of options are less. 
on that front, you know, with regards to tunability, I guess. Yeah. It's, don't get me wrong, the outcomes are comparable. It's just the numbers are very different, you right. know, because, but because of modern metallurgy and, you know, 60 years of development. Yeah. You know, that, that part of it in itself, which is also one of the big benefits of even with the motor in the 964, that engine has been developed globally for, what, for 30 years now. Years, so, yeah, yeah there's – or actually longer because really that motor is just an evolution of the previous one. So, the you know, that many people have made the mistakes you and I don't have to. Yeah. Well, you know, so – I keep making them anyway, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, look, with regards to that path, like anyone that asks me, I tell them, what do you want the car for? What do you want it to do? You know, there's no point chasing a high horsepower number if you're going to drive the car on the road. Yeah. You're better off going for a high torque number, you know, so you can get all your all your power where you need it. And yes. look, the, the only path to power in a in the flat four and the 356 is revs, Yeah. right? So you've got to make the motor be able to rev further and harder and the further yes. it goes, the more power you're going to get. But yeah. you don't need to do that, you know, to get – you can increase capacity relatively easy. You, right. But in all reality, it costs you about a quarter of the price to develop a Volkswagen Type 2 or Type 4 motor yeah. than the Porsche motor, which will bolt yeah. straight in. So a lot of 356 owners do that. They get a 150, 200 horsepower VW motor. And drop That's it into the their three five six, you know, and they yeah, put right. their original number motor on the shelf. On like the shelf, yeah. Yeah. Like Scott from um Outlaw Garage, he's three five six has got a um you know very well developed I think it might be a Gene Berg engine in that one. I see. I, I'm I'll I'll talk to I'm I'm gonna talk to him on a podcast in the future. So I'll get yeah. to the bottom yeah. of that and that car was actually built here in Western Australia. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah, so it, it depends on whatever path you want to go down. But look, I do I will be straight up with you. The cost of rebuild in a three five six is significantly cheaper than a nine eleven. You know, yeah, like I the, can imagine that. The, yeah, the cost of nine eleven. You crack that peanut open, it's tens of thousands. You know, yeah, it's not, no, there's, no, right. there's nowhere to hide there. That just piston and cylinder kit, I think, is probably going to cost you the better part of in the teens these days. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, that'll and that's that sits somewhere in my future. Uh, yeah. Okay. And largely not because the, the car desperately requires it. Um, you know, it, it's not. How many cases are done? 140. Yeah, okay. So, yes, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. So it'll only be through age, not through where that, that engine sinking in. No, that's rebuilt, right. isn't it? Yeah, look, I mean, I've done, um, when I bought it, it had, what have I done? I've done 30 something. So, it might have more on it. Maybe it's more like 160. Yeah, okay. Um, Sub two hundred though, but but because I yeah I sort of tip I I do around ten in it a year. Yeah, I drive sure. it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't daily it, but I'll drive it Saturday, Sunday, every weekend, and at some point during the week I might daily it once. Um, so yeah, it gets it gets used, and for me it's about finding what's going to be the optimal balance between yes, chasing some horsepower, but ultimately drivability. Um, because I know people who have seen you know, have, have put money into um, modifications to increase horsepower. But in terms of pace they're able to carry through the twisties, there's no appreciable benefit. Yes, maybe they can pull out of that corner a, a whisker quicker, but are they any quicker than they were before? Mm, debatable. Whereas spending the money on driver training, spending the money on chassis development so that you can actually carry stop this, the Stop this common sense talk. No, I know, and, 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 but it's, it's taken me a while to get there myself. Yeah, yeah, sure, right? Cause, sure. Because I've gone down the rabbit hole, and I've I've looked at the <laughs> I've looked at the Fab Speed web website and gone, okay, that adds eight horsepower. That's twelve horsepower. That adds sixteen, and you start adding them up, and you're like, oh wow, I can spend eight hundred dollars and gain forty horsepower. It doesn't work that way, obviously. Um, but yeah, I was I was drinking that Kool Aid early on. Yeah, sure. And look, let's let's be realistic with a car that is, you know, built in 1990, so 30 years old. Yep. Best case scenario, spend a hundred thousand dollars on your engine, it's still only going to be a 350 horsepower car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know right. what I mean. So that's where the top ends. Th- that's right. And so you know, go and buy an XR6 turbo that has been flogged within an inch of its life, and you know. Yeah. So th- you've got to go driving experience. You've, there's no yeah. point adding anything unless you're getting more out of the driving experience because y- you cannot win the power game. 
No, no, that's right. That's 100% right. And and I'm not interested in, you know, dragging off people at the traffic lights and, and stuff like that. It's it's not about that for me. There's, sure. Look, where the horsepower and torque really come into play for me is in the hills, you know, if we're climbing or something like that, then sure. having having particularly that down low torque, that's, that's yeah, where it's yeah. brilliant. But yeah. it's pretty rare that I'm behind someone and, you know, we pull out of a corner and, you know, I'm thinking, come on, come on, they're pulling away. And it doesn't matter whether I'm chasing a 993 or a 996 or a 997. Usually we're all somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Well, look, there's been no drastic performance increases from model to next model. Yeah. Or the brand in general, let's face it, you know. Sure, the, you know, if you've got out of a 991.2 and you get into a 992, yeah, sure, it's pumped an extra 50 horsepower, whatever, and the cars are you know, an extra 50 kilos or whatever. It's, yeah. There's not that much, you know, all the, all, the, all the evolution of each model into the next one is about drivability as a general rule. And they, they have to pump the number to give it that selling point, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And you've got to, you've got to leap from, you've got to leap a few models. So we're not, you know, the difference between, for example, my 964 and the 991, but obviously in drivability terms is massive, but, yeah. but also in horsepower terms. And but only just- if you're 100. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Because 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 the 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 nine nine one's four hundred horsepower, sure. um, and and yeah. the nine six four, I think it'd be about a three hundred horsepower car, wouldn't it? I'd, I'd... No, they're they're two fifty at the crank. Ah, okay, sure. Out of, out of the factory, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know where mine sits. I haven't dynoed it. It's got some. Yeah, it's disappointing. Mods. Yeah, I know, and I've got a I've got a math kit on it as well, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think I'm I'm that much higher than stock, if any, to be honest. Sure, and and look, you know, for the joy it gives you to drive, you got to question yeah. the need to do so, to generate more. So yeah, yeah so anyway, the horsepower game, yeah, it's it's a lose lose for me. For with the with my car, it's about reliability, drivability yeah. type yeah. thing. When I do my engine rebuild, um, overall in my own car, this is you know, lowered the car a bit and. Yeah, you know, made it look like I like. I've got it looks so good. I got three sets of wheels, which I've sort of got a rack there that I keep <laughs> in the garage. The um, I actually got given a set of wheels because when people do restorations, they want the latest and greatest and newest. And yeah, yeah. What are we gonna do with the list? I'll take it. You know, the, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I've got three sets of wheels that I rotate between on my car depending on my mood. I've got yeah. a big set of seventeens on there that purists loathe because they're like a set of smoothies you know coddington smoothies and but they're good they're good fun oh the heaviest buggery to put on they weigh a ton right really not a performance product it's it's a show pony product right but it's good fun and and plus it it over the car's overtired you know it's too much rubber on the road on those wheels yeah i see i see but um but you know and at the moment i've got the um traditional uh, four and a half inch wheels on yep so you know they're stunner hey Yep. So they're um they look right. they they look good on the car all the time. So it's funny some of those products where you're willing to sacrifice performance for, for aesthetic. For aesthetic. I mean, you know, like I even think about my exhaust. It sounds mega. It delivers nothing in terms of performance, but just sounds great. The interesting thing with my my favorite upgrade on my car is my is my BBS E88s, and sure. they are actually a significantly lighter wheel than the yeah okay mm-hmm. um, than the Cup ones and. Um, that, that was something I noticed. I expected as well, going from a 17 to an 18, that the ride would feel harsher. Sure. But it didn't, both through the lightness of those wheels, but also um, the format of Michelin tyres that I was able to access. Yeah, in okay. That size, yeah, better quality. A, yep. better, better ride quality. And, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. better, better That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, so overall, I, I probably drive my car minimum once a week. Yep. You know, I, so, I, if I could, if I had the right job, yeah. I would daily my car. Yeah, right. That's how much joy it brings me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And look, don't get me wrong, my daily car is the classic textbook soccer mum car. I drive a Volkswagen Tiguan, right? Yeah, so the um, and it has everything. It's one of those ones. It's got all digital dashes and yeah, it's got all yeah. driver assist and you get in it. It's, it is holeless bolus, the comfort zone. You know, it is like a cocoon yeah. and it's a great car for the family and all that sort of thing. But. It's just a tool. Whereas yes, it's an appliance. You know, whereas, and that's actually one of my fears because you, you driving your nine nine one. That is uh, I, that's that's on my list as potential dailies. One of those, right? A PDK nine nine one, and 
for those uh, listeners and viewers to this wouldn't know, but I have messaged you asking about your 911, yeah. how you felt yeah. about it as a yeah. daily because of that very reason. And um, But I just, the more I think about it, I don't want that car to become less special than what it is by do, dailying it. Do you know what I'm finding at the moment actually on that, that that's interesting is that the car is now to me morphing into something where it has very much a dual personality. Yeah, okay. Because I'm over the initial, oh, wow, I'm in a, I'm in a 991 and just want to rev the hell out of it everywhere I go. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think about it now more just like a car, like a tool. Um, yes, you're somewhat able to compartmentalise the differences in the car's personality. So yeah, I get yeah, in okay. the car at the end of the day, leave it in manual mode, don't touch the sport button, drive home, listen to a podcast, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just a lovely car, just a nice place sure. to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it therefore doesn't rob what the experience is when you get in it on a Sunday morning and decide you're going to go belting through the hills because sure. Sure. it completely changes personality. It completely yeah, yeah. changes um, the experience it delivers. So, yeah, I've been surprised about that. It doesn't rob it of that magic. It doesn't. Okay, it's just interesting. It's it's yeah. Like, look, people commonly this is talk only a about, recent you know, observation. Yeah, yeah, sure. People commonly talk about the you know uh, drivability or super daily supercar concept of yeah, yeah, nine eleven. Okay, yeah. and um, that's what you're saying is exactly that, and yeah. it's a common thing that people talk about. The yeah. but. I'm, I have not experienced it myself, so I'm sure. I, yeah, I hope that epiphany. I get the opportunity to get that epiphany at some point soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I've. Um, I think you know we've crapped on for the better part of nearly an hour now. So That's might, it. we might. There's, um, there's breakfast to be had and uh, clients to deal with. <laughs> yeah, okay. Go out there and make some millions. Real life work to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time today, and um, you know, hope that things uh, continue going well for you with the. YouTube channel and uh, all that type of thing. And yeah, it's been great having a chat face to face. We should actually just do this more often. Yeah, it'd be great. Mark, and, and, you know? Yeah. And thank, thanks so much for having me on and, and, you know, love your work, love your channel. Um, yeah, I, I really do. So I, I feel quite chuffed to have been invited on. So thank yeah, you. Fantastic. And um, I'll be over there for the F1. So let's catch up, have Amazing. a coffee, catch go up and then. drool over cars oh, at Dutton's. Coffee at Dutton's, I think. Yeah. Good one. All right, then. Thanks yeah. very much for your time today, Annie. No problems at all. Thank you. See ya.